Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I am your host, Natalie Craft. Wow, it's been a little while, right? How are you doing today? Where I live, the seasons are changing. So much has happened since July. I know I took a little bit of a break there and disappeared. I had to do some traveling for work, had to do some traveling out of the country, in the country. We also had this little thing called Hurricane Ida. <laughs> As many of, of you know, I live near water. And so the entire neighborhood or area where I live was literally covered with water. Our homes are okay. The river retreat house is fine, which is also by the river. And my house is fine. But we definitely had a lot of water everywhere. And the cleanup for these things, I never had gone through anything like this. It's just so intense. And not to say also no internet and no electricity for quite a while. We, we evacuated, I evacuated too, and had to be away. So all of that kind of just balance shook things a little bit off schedule in my life. And uh, all of you have been so patient with me, with my private online offerings. A lot of our teachers in our community have stepped up to help also. So thank you for being so awesome. And thank you for being such a great community. And also, I've received some incredible DMs on Instagram. And if you're listening to this first time, my IG account is at Natalie Kra, telling me they missed the podcast, that you missed the podcast, that you love the podcast and just some really sweet inspirational messages that makes me want to create more content for this community and makes me just so happy for well, with the seasons changing in the fall and we're about to start entering holidays i am already bringing this warm merry feeling to you this uh feeling with a lot of love positive energy, positive vibration. My hope is that we all can really allow ourselves to feel this positive change collectively. Without further ado, I'm going to begin this episode today with Yogini Fabulous, Aurora Brennan. She is awesome, you guys. Check out our show notes and you will see all of the connections that we have for you to connect with Aurora. And if you want to, you can also join our membership and you can take classes with Aurora on our digital library platform, as well as you can take her mini online workshop about awakening the Shakti. Enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Life on Earth, the Peace Project. A podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast, Aurora. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited well, to be sharing with you again. <laughs> yes, and I'm super excited too because, you know, super grateful to you. I wanted to say because you uh, took over Shanti Yoga Training School for the month of October and you taught a lot of our live stream practice yoga classes as well as this master class sort of mini online workshop presentation. 
And that class was so awesome. I didn't get a chance to do it live stream with you. I was in Brazil when you, you were recording that. But that's the beauty of all the digital world that I then when I came back from Brazil, it was a beautiful day and I took a walk with my dog and I put the presentation and just just kind of listened to it on my earphone. I took this really long walk about an hour and the presentation was a little over that or something. So it was perfect. And I loved it so much that I was like, okay, we need to bring you to the podcast. So <laughs> thank you for being here. And uh, now we get to share with you guys, Life on Earth listeners. So first, let's start with introducing Aurora to all of you listeners. I had the pleasure of meeting this beautiful yogini uh, a few years ago in New Orleans when I had a yoga studio, which many people know and have actually come, Shanti Yoga Shala. And so Aurora did the 200-hour yoga teacher training there and also taught for a little bit there. And now we're collaborating with online stuff. And, and since then, I've been, I have to say this, following you on Instagram and really kind of following your journey and seeing what you're doing and all of that. But let's backtrack to that. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you end up in New Orleans? Because right now you're in Panama. <laughs> yes. So you are, you're from Panama, right? Yes. 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 Where in Panama? Well, so I was born in Panama City and grew up there. I am currently outside of the city. Luckily, I moved more towards the beach. So I'm very happy here. <laughs> I live two minutes away walking from the beach. We're very comfortable and happy to be in nature. Yeah, I'm yeah. not much of a city girl. <laughs> Exactly. I know. And I, I'm that way as well. And so what were you doing? Tell us what you were doing in New Orleans. Why did you come to New Orleans? I actually went to school there. I did college in New Orleans. I studied in Loyola University. And that's why I was there. I, I was there four years. And then I joined Shanti, uh, the training on my senior year, actually. So it was my last year. Uh, of college when I came to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. There had been a lot of evolution for sure from my freshman year to my <laughs> senior year. <laughs> like how did yoga come to your life? I had a couple of friends that were doing yoga and at first it was, I mean, the physical part was what really called my attention. I, I danced my whole life. And then also when I was younger, I was a gymnast from like ages six to 12. And I was, I, I was actually competing in gymnastics uh, as a kid. So I did have a lot of that like physical background. And at first it was like the physical that called my attention. And then I just started going to classes and naturally it led to a whole new world for me. No, I, like I was saying, I, I was freshman in college. I was going out like almost six days a week. And then by my sophomore year, like mid-sophomore year, I was doing a lot more yoga and, and just being more mindful about my life. And then I did a semester abroad in Barcelona where I met incredible yoga teachers and 
everything just like op- a whole new world opened up for me. And then I came back from Barcelona and realized like, okay, I have to, I really have to change my lifestyle. And there's something that's just not working for me anymore. I felt a lot of like resistance, more than resistance. Like there was something inside of me screaming, like, okay, you have to pay attention to yourself and you just have to like take a whole other path. And I remember that summer I did some yoga therapy with a girl here in Panama and we did like private sessions and she introduced me to Ayurveda. And that's when I said, like, I really want to take a teacher training. I found you. That was amazing (laughs) because it was, a. I felt like it was a perfect fit. First of all, it was in New Orleans and it was long-term because I didn't want to do like those three weeks 200 hour three week teacher trainings because that felt like a lot. And then also it was a vinyasa focused teacher training because all of the ones that I found were like hatha or, and I was full on practicing vinyasa at that moment. And I remember that I called you all the way from Panama and you were full, but you told me like, there's always last minute cancellations, like I'll keep in touch. And I was just like crossing my fingers and asking for the universe because it was my last year. So I felt like it's now or never. And then I remember two weeks into, into senior year, you called me like an, a spot open. So you wanted, yeah. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it was, it was so serendipity. Yeah. I re- totally remember this. I was actually teaching a teacher training in Los Angeles. I was away just for like a few months. And then I had this in New Orleans and I was I got your call and I just vibed so much with you. I said, oh my God, we have to get this girl in. And I had you there, you know, on my head and on top of the list. And the minute that there was like an opportunity, I called you and you were like, yes. And it was so perfect. It was a really good fit. How old were you when you went to uh, Spain and you had this sort of revelation? I was 21. Yeah. So that's, wow. Do you see that's very young. That's very, you've literally been doing yoga forever. Like it's so cool too. I mean, you're still very young, but like it's, you, it came into your life. Cause when you talk like that, it's like, it sounds like so mature and it's like, well, perspective, you were still 21. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) So Circling back, now you are living there with your partner, your mom, you know, have a beautiful, in fact, I always like to bring the Instagram account in case anybody's listening and they want to match a visual to the audio. Uh, So what is your Instagram account? Because I love your uh, profile, your your account. Thank you. So it's Aurora, uh, Aurora in English, A-U-R-O-R-A dot La Petite. So like in French. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So La, Aurora, La Aurora dot La Petite. Yeah. So if you guys want to check it out, you can see her and you can get her energy while we're talking. But then now you, you, you and I spoke, you've been doing a lot of online stuff. I know you also do these retreats that are really powerful. And that's how we came to bring you to the live stream. So let's circle back to the work, the body of work that you are today. And, you know, there's so many points I want to bring up in this conversation, but you did a great job when you presented for Shanti Yoga Training School, even, you know, how your, even your yoga that we were talking right now has evolved so much, has changed. And 
So what is awakening the Shakti? This is your thing. And what is, you know, we talk about the masculine, you talk about the feminine energy, the masculine, and and even how that so many people nowadays and you listeners practice yoga. And I know not everybody on Life on Earth practice yoga, but what I want to say to you, listener and community, is that this will be applied to anything, not just yoga. So it's actually, we're using the archetype of yoga and the lenses. And if you practice yoga, you're really going to resonate. But also anything in your life could be what Aurora is going to talk about today. So what? So how did you get into this? Okay, so yes, after I did the training and I left New Orleans. Actually, in the training, I remember we went to an Ashtanga class with Melanie. And mm-hmm. that was like, that changed my life. I was like mm-hmm. committed to Ashtanga after that, even after doing the vinyasa training. And thanks to Ashtanga, I traveled to Asia. So my plan was to yeah. go to India, to India. But and let me let me uh-huh. say something real quick. She's You're talking about Melanie Fowler, who's a certified Ashtanga teacher, who we've also had on the podcast. So what I'll do is I'll link her episode below and you'll get a really good sense for what Aurora is talking about because it couldn't have been more sort of traditional authentic than that Uh, and I'll link the episode below so okay and then you went to Asia so that took me to wanting to go to India particularly Mysore but I was lucky enough um, my experience wasn't so great at Mysore but I was lucky enough to explore other teachers in the Ashtanga world and I lived in Bali for a long time and something started to again like there was a voice inside of me that was like okay there's something missing I had decided to go off the pill the year before after 10 years of being on the pill and that was kind of like a reconnection to my femininity being a woman but then I started to realize that I was so much in my masculine, in my practice, because Ashtanga is very masculine. Without naming names, because it's not about, but I'm just going to say that you had some very good Ashtanga teachers, some yes. that I know, you know, these are yes. legit, we're, we're talking about some really good teachers here, but yeah, so go on. And then, and actually my, my Bali Ashtanga teachers helped me see a lot of the things that I did not like in Mysore. So okay. I was like, okay, I'm glad I had the Mysore experience, but it's definitely not for not for me. And I went running back to them in Bali. No, and they had a great balance and, and being in Bali and other places in Asia and meeting a lot of people, I began to learn about other practices like Taoism and Tantra and learning that there's this like duality in our existence between the feminine and the masculine and I started to realize like oh my god I'm so much in my masculine all the time not only in yoga but in everything in life I was raised by a very strong mom very masculine in her ways uh, because she had to she had she had a lot of things in life that led her to being very masculine so she could just raise her kids as a single mom and all these wonderful things she's done. But I could see how I was totally single at the time. And I started to realize like, oh my God, this has affected my relationships, you know, like my interpersonal relationships, my relationship to myself, 
And I just started allowing myself to like open up to this new concept of the feminine energy, just exploring more about female sexuality and just allowing myself to open up more, you know? And this is where the journey started. And, and I think we could go on to like what's feminine and masculine, but back in 2017 is where everything kind of like started to open up for me. And then I just, I have been since then doing a lot of like deep work into awakening Shakti or the feminine. And Shakti is a Sanskrit word that describes like the feminine energy that creates and destroys everything in the universe. Um, so it's a very powerful concept or even deity sort of energy for yoga, Indian uh, traditions but it's very unknown of, or we don't apply it in, in daily life because we are in a very masculine world. We are in a patriarchy and it's over masculine, like there's too much masculine energy that it's not healthy. And both energies are necessary for our existence and both energies are sacred. But the masculine is all about like action and structure and determination and power and all these things that we see all the time that are necessary for to create things and are necessary to sustain relationships and jobs and projects. But we forget about being vulnerable and creativity and being flexible and being fluid and adapting to change, which is the feminine. The feminine is more of a subtle and by subtle, it's not weak. And that's one of the misinterpretations or one of the main reasons we reject feminine energy is because we've been taught by the patriarchy or the super masculine, masculine world that this is weakness. Showing vulnerabilities being weak or being flexible is weak. That's kind of like what I've been working a lot with, like finding my power or finding power within the feminine, you know, like it's, you must be very brave to open up and receive, you know, like it takes more courage to be vulnerable than it takes to be rigid or than it takes to be not emotionally available. But this is what we've been taught. Yeah, it's been intense work <laughs> because yeah. it's a lot of unlearning. And that's why I am now working with with awakening the feminine energy. Currently, I only work with women because I feel like that's where my expertise is. But I definitely feel like this is a work for everyone. Men, women, yeah. non-binary. Yeah. yeah, because everybody carries the masculine and the feminine energy within. But back to, I think that it, I, I loved when you spoke about the you know, bringing it back even to yoga, to the physical practice that you realize how even that practice was so masculine or always had to do. So can you speak a little bit about that? And how did you then switch the way that you approach your physical postures and yoga? How do you view that now? Okay, so definitely my turning point was my first pregnancy. So I am currently pregnant for the second time but after my first pregnancy I could not do ashtanga anymore like I I was so much more connected to like my feminine cycles as a woman 
that I realized that one of the very masculine things about Ashtanga is that every day you wake up and do the same thing. And I believe that is unsustainable because we are not the same person every day. We don't have the same energy every day, particularly women that we go through like peaks of different types of energies throughout our cycle, but even, even men or even everyone throughout life. This is one of the things I liked about my Bali teachers is that they were way more flexible with like how you do practice and how to approach and adapt practice to your body. But it's still, you do practice every day for two hours or whatever. And then after my first pregnancy, I realized that many or most yoga poses are not accessible to most bodies. Simple things like keeping your feet together is very complicated for most women because we have wider hips. So I just started adapting postures to what felt right for my body and not as strict alignment that we learn so much, especially in the Ashtanga lineage, no? That was like a huge awakening for me and it has changed a lot the way that I teach. I don't limit my yoga teachings to women. I think I just naturally attract more women. Yeah. So what does your <laughs> practice look like? Like on a, on a day nowadays that you went from Mysore and doing that practice every day to now what you're talking about, it's like you connect more with your intuition and it's become more gentle. How do you approach Yeah, I it? definitely have a way more gentle practice. But bueno, again, my, my experience is different because I pregnant, then I had a, a year and a half baby and then I was pregnant again. So, and I was so still you, breastfeeding. I was still breastfeeding when I got pregnant again. So that so takes a toll on your body, no? Um, yes. Yes. And, you best, know, yeah. no, I was just going to say, like, I talked to you a little bit about that. It's interesting that you brought this thing because just for people that are listening, the it's not just also the daily practice, like she's saying, one or two hours, but also the rigorous movements and you know the vinyasas the chaturangas the this and that one thing after the other it can be quite masculine and quite intense and what i have learned is that now i'm actually taking a very therapeutic approach to uh, an ashtanga mysore style practice that i do at home and it's just it sounds like it's similar to what your teachers in bali might have been doing although i don't have a length that i have so here's the thing, this whole thing of like, I have to do X amount of poses. I'm just not there anymore in my life. So for me, it could look like adding a cow here and there, approaching, you know, some of the standing postures. Maybe I'm doing a twist with my hands on the wall because I want to open my chest a little more. Maybe I stay a little bit longer in the next forward fold, you know, so I kind of go and in on days that I'm a little more uh, fiery and I have more energy, then I kind of you know, I'll do that. But and maybe I change the closing the end of the practice, right? When you're really kind of getting to that maybe Shavasana, I might need a hip opener and stay really long, you know, and so I honor that I might need a legs up against the wall of Vipariti Karani. So in that sense, it's kind of adding that feminine, you know, energy. And that's for me. So I think that we can do those things. If we don't stay no matter what practice, right? But if we don't stay so rigid, right? And another thing is like this rigidity that you, we are talking about in yoga, 
and you talked about this in your presentation too, transfers to other areas in your life, right? You were just talking about how your mom had to be certain way, you know, and uh, I would love for you to explore that a little bit because I think that also connects to one thing that you said in your presentation that I thought it was so brilliant that there, it, you are very fortunate to be in this situation that you can allow, you know, and because I think some women might be listening to this and thinking, oh, I wish I could surrender a little more. I wish I could, you know, I think of the word even in yoga, we have a word, Ishvara Pranidhana, like, and sometimes you're in situations in life that you just don't have that luxury, you know? So it could be a mix cultivating if you can, but also can you talk a little about that, how to navigate that if somebody is struggling? Yes, for sure. So, so yeah, like we were saying, both energies are necessary. And I was talking about this at a recent uh, women's circle, a, a girl that was there, she was also talking about her experience as very young, both her and her sister had to basically raise themselves because if if I'm not mistaken, their father passed and then that was like the end of their mother's well-being. So they were basically had to raise themselves. No, So they did not have this space to surrender. Same thing with my mom. She did not have a space to surrender or to just like allow herself to receive. She had to struggle and raise her kids and all these things. But this girl, finally, she's now older. And she was like, I feel like I need to get out of my masculine. Like it's been too long. And she's finally in a place in her life where she can probably release a bit of her masculine and just allow herself to go more into her feminine, to be less rigid, to be less one track mind. Like I need to, I need to get myself out of this. I need to move forward. I need to uh, maintain myself or sustain myself. And she's in a moment where she can finally explore other things and like allow herself to open up. And this is very important because this is life, you know, like sometimes you'll have partners that do not allow you to open up into your feminine and require you to be in your masculine. This happened to me a lot. And now I am with a partner that is very masculine in, in a very healthy way most of the time. And it has allowed me to open up and to receive and to be taken care of and to explore all these things in my femininity that I had not been able to do before with other partners or other life situations. And I think like taking it back to yoga, I think Ashtanga, the very masculine part of Ashtanga was very good for me at one point. I was leaving college. I was going back to my, my home country and finding a new routine, finding a new job. And that kept me very grounded. That everyday practice kept me very grounded. And my body was okay with it at that moment. I know things now that maybe if I knew then I would have taken better care of my body because I did get injured a lot. <laughs> so that tells you that something wasn't wrong, something wasn't right. But the discipline part was very helpful for me in that moment. And that's just the way it is. Like, you don't have to be like, oh my God, now how do I open to the feminine? But going back to my mom, she's in a place in her life and she's been for a long time in a place in her life where she could have been able to let go of this masculine 
toxic masculinity because it's all about she does not allow herself to rest like she doesn't know what rest is like sit down and do nothing no 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 I can't she literally like she feels like she'll go crazy but because sitting down and quote unquote doing nothing which is not doing nothing means she's going to feel things that she doesn't want to feel because she hasn't been allowed to feel anything so it's just kind of like a snowball effect why we don't allow ourselves to like open up into this feminine. So it's, it's writing, no, it's writing a bit the waves of life and realizing like, okay, because we cannot be on our feminine all the time. I have to say that like extreme toxic femininity is super harmful. It looks like codependency. So you depend absolutely on another person. It looks like a lot of, um, self-doubt so you don't have the ability to make decisions for yourself you're always looking for validation externally it looks like these people that are always they don't have their their feet on the ground so they have these ideas but nothing gets materialized so we don't want to be there either no yes and we don't we don't want to be like codependent either that that I really don't like that word yeah. <laughs> no, and, and it's very common. There's a lot of women that, and, and people, I had a male partner that was very codependent on me and that made me extremely like masculine and a, not a good masculinity. I, I I was even like, oh, I would just want to be alone all the time. And it was just because he was too clingy, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it's about learning. And, and this has been a lot of the work, like learning what when I have to like surrender and let go and sometimes I realize that I'm being too rigid or I am not being able to ask for help and there's no reason why I could not ask and receive help so yeah yeah, it's it's finding those spaces and also being gentle with yourself like if you have to be in your masculine right now it's fine you know but when can you and I said this in the master class like maybe in your work life, you cannot be feminine because you work in a corporation and, and just the environment doesn't allow it. And we have to, we're not there yet. The world is not there yet. You know, like I know women and people that have to go and do the corporate, but then can you let go at home? Can you, can you awaken your Shakti when you're in your home, when you're in the safety of a comfortable environment or maybe in your yoga practice going back to yoga like do you really have to do hot yoga every day of the week no you should probably incorporate some yin practices into your life you know like where in your life can you awaken shakti when you cannot do it in other areas so yeah yeah. I love that there's so many things you said that I want to touch upon so for one there's a great (laughs) book if if anyone is listening to this there's a great book about codependency it's called codependency no uh, stop walking on eggshells I think Mm -hmm. it's that and then codependency no more but stop walking on eggshells I think it's like a classic but it's helped a lot of people and then on the the situation that yes you may be in a relationship with a partner or even a husband or, you know, what, and I say this because some people might have been married for 30, 40 years that are listening to this or 20 or whatever, or even two. And there are situations out there that your partner will not allow you to be on your feminine. You know, I see this a lot too. 
And these are men who I, in my opinion, the emotional maturity is just not like you were saying, it's kind of an unhealthy masculinity and it's not grounded. And it's just those space are not being held for these women. And so they feel they always have to be doing something. They always have to be uh, tiptoeing around. They're afraid of what they're going to say because they, you know, they can't talk to. So that is just a situation that some people are in. And uh, it's also good to bring awareness to that and to say, okay, if this is happening to me, is this a conversation that I need to, to have with the person that I'm at? When am I going to just maybe ignore that energetics for a little bit and just focus, bring the come back to yourself, like come back to yourself over and over again and ask, what is it that I need right now in my life? Just because you've been living a certain way for, I don't know, X amount of years doesn't mean you have to be living like that for the rest of your life, like your mom. And so true that when people haven't allowed the space, when they stop, it's just too much to feel, to feel. So that's why that too, it's a vibration, it's a frequency, and that's how I see it. So I think when these things come into the body, the body just can't take it because it's like, oh my God, I'm doing nothing, which is not nothing. You're just being, you should be able to just be with yourself without, actually, this idea that like you have to do something every day, it's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying also like the other spectrum, like you said, could be unhealthy to like never get out of the couch. Obviously not. But this idea, especially in Western cultures, that like you have to have a schedule every day. And if it's the weekend, you have to go to the gym. You have to do this. You have to get, you know, it's like, when do you ever stop? I mean, when do you ever just, can you just wake up and say good morning and not have an agenda? Just mm -hmm. sit, drink, drink your tea, drink your coffee. Just look at the birds singing, enjoy nature. Take a deep breath, exhale into your heart space, and you be curious about where life is going to take you because there's a lot of mysteries in life. But if you don't give yourself the space, you're never going to experience that. You know? And that's, I work with, so there's two things I want to I wanna touch on that. So I work with pregnant women. I Between all this time, I got certified as a full spectrum doula. So I do like birth doula and postpartum doula as well, one of the most important things in postpartum is rest and basically doing nothing. Mm -hmm. But you're not doing nothing. You're you're healing and you are bonding with your baby. And in many cases, you're, you're breastfeeding your baby that takes so much energy from you. And women have no idea how to like for 40 days because the golden month or the golden That's what I thought. I was going to ask you about the 40 days. Yeah. It's called the first 40 days. And I, I really ask women like just respect these first 40 days. And, and it's so hard for them, like not wanting to go out and do groceries and do all these things that maybe if you had like an easy birth, you believe that you're good to go, but there's a lot of things going on inside your body and your nervous system. So like these things create negative imprints on your nervous system that can then in life come back as worse things. So like I deal with this all the time with women that have no idea how to stop. And then their environment doesn't understand why they need to stop. I am I am currently working with some girls and it's like, so how do I tell my family I don't want them to come visit me? How do I explain to other people like I just want to rest, I just want to be in my sacred space for 40 days and not have people come and visit and 
and need ask for of my energy, you know, and it's it's complicated because we're in this nonstop world that you need to do things every day. And it's it's like ask yourself why? Like why are you doing this? Because someone else is expecting you to, or it's just like society and the way the world works. And it's super crazy, like to see it like even after birth, how women struggle to allow themselves this only 40 days. It's it goes by so fast, especially because you're in a eternal twilight zone that first month after birth, you know, and just like and literally your brain doesn't work the same way, like paying bills or going to the grocery store is, is very complicated. Um, it's like a, an immense task, even though it used to be something within your routine. I see it all the time, time in women, postpartum. And I just want to mm-hmm. say like this mm-hmm. over masculinization of the world really affects men and women and all mm-hmm. types of people, because it's very hard for you to like not be vulnerable at all, all the time or not express your feelings or not allow yourself to ask for help because that's a huge one, you know, like feminine energy is about receiving and, and community, like being in community and, and helping out each other. And we're all the time like, no, I can do this by myself or I don't have to ask for help. And, and that just takes a toll on everyone. So, Oh yeah. yeah. I think asking for help is a huge, it's like, I want to say like a talent. I mean, it's something that's so important to be able to do. You know, it's a virtue almost like be a, ask mm-hmm. for help. But going back to the women that you were talking about, if anybody's listening to this and you might get pregnant or you're pregnant, I think, you know, knowing about this 40, it was a friend of mine that told me about the 40 days and she did it and another friend did it. And they were very blessed to be able to really cultivate that, you know, like you And I think it's just so wonderful. And maybe it's something that you need to think about before and have a conversation with your partner and maybe structure life a certain way. If you perhaps where you live, you can get groceries delivered to you or you can get someone to help cook at the house or you can get you could create a situation if you think about it in advance and you can, you know, talk about this, communicate, ask for what you want. And then have that sacred space and create those healthy boundaries within your families and say, if you be able to, um, in yoga, we have a, a principle that's sort of the one before everything is ahimsa, right? Which is nonviolent. So you can speak with nonviolent communication and you can still ask for what you want. Hey, right now I'm doing this thing. I'm not going to allow anybody, you know, I don't want anyone to come I'm with the baby for X amount of days and times and I love you, but we're going to touch base after this is something I really need to do and I'm honoring it. You know, there's ways to speak about it without offending anyone. Touching base, I wanted to say too, because you you mentioned like if you have to, a lot of women have like a nine to five job or have, you know, or are CEOs or have very stressful jobs and they have to work every day. One thing that I heard Marianne Williamson, which many people here know, but Marianne Williamson say, and I thought this was really great, is that when you, she ran for like president of the United States, a campaign. So she's got this very, she's a spiritual teacher, but she's got this very political thing and obviously works with a lot of people. So kind of like a CEO, right? So has to be in her masculine X amount of time. But she says when she gets home at night, 
she she needs to switch that because of this whole idea of the yang and the yang, right? And so what she does for her, as an example, is she takes her suit off, takes a warm bath, lights some candle, puts some really nice soft music on the background. When she gets off, she likes to put a dress, wear a robe, you know, and just she's a different person. So that little thing there shifts her. And then she's with her partner and her femininity. And I think I just wanted to present that because sometimes, you know, people are listening to all this and it's so interesting, but like, how do I do it? Especially (laughs) if you're, you know, if you're in a position that, oh, you're taken care of and you maybe financially don't have to worry and then God bless you. That's amazing. But if you are in a position that maybe you're listening to this and I'm going to ask you that, Aurora, before we leave, you know, if, if I am one of those women, I would say, okay, I don't work from home. I have these, or I travel all the time. I have this job or I have five kids, whatever it is. How do I, I mean, my masculine, how do I find that other side? If I was asking you, <laughs> so give me some tips, like, some ideas. So definitely I would say like in that particular case, like you're a working mom, you have kids, let's say you're you're still together so so how do you relate to your partner? or you're just or you're just like don't have kids but work all the time a good way is like if you're if you have a partner that's a that's like a great mirror like how do you relate to your partner like do you allow yourself to for your partner to like take care of you and spoil you because particularly for women i think this whole patriarchy thing it's been very hard because we're supposed to be feminine but then we're supposed to like do all this stuff and then we don't even surrender to our partners because we feel this is like a weakness and we are going into gender roles and all this stuff and I realized that that was an inner struggle for myself and for many of the women I work with it's like no allow this other side this masculine side of you to take care of you allow this partner it doesn't have to be a man. It can be a woman, you know, but like allow yourself to be pampered. And if you don't have a partner, then go to the spa or like allow yourself to be taken care of. Call people, ask for help. If you're a single woman and you live by yourself, you don't have to build your home all on your own. Like call your friends. Asking for help is a huge one to like awaken the feminine doing community. So like all these women's circles or going to like a yoga class and just connecting with community is very nourishing for the feminine because the masculine is a very solid, like individual energy. So like the masculine likes individuality. And that's why men, like if we put it like men and women, men like to be alone and left alone and, and they'll do things with their friends, but they really like their alone time. And we like to talk and chat and have coffee so like all these things help you cultivate your feminine and just allowing yourself to surrender I feel like it's a huge one like if you have to be on go mode all the time in work and traveling like where do you allow yourself to let go is it at your home is it at a regular appointment with your masseuse or at the spa is it with your partner is it with your therapist but you need to be able to release you cannot be in contraction all the time you know you also need expansion you also need that release and talk and be vulnerable so all these things really help um cultivate this shakti energy and and give balance to your life 
Yeah, thank you. This is such a great conversation. I know you, you we have to go soon, but I, you are doing these retreats. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about them? Because, you know, anybody could come there to Panama next time you have one. I guess keep checking Aurora's Instagram. And one more thing I want to say, if you want to join our membership, you can go to nataliecrad.com slash members portal. And then you could also take her mini online workshop that she did, which was incredible. And finding ways to work with Aurora online. She's got her own community, too, that you can join for classes, right? And yes. also, um, and what is your website? If you want to. PetitYogini.com. And I'm going to link all of this on show notes. And then uh, lastly, just tell us a little bit about this retreat, because I know you do it once in a while, and that could be something that people want to join. Yeah, so I've been doing retreats for women, uh, not necessarily pregnant women. I recently had one for pregnant women, so that's a different one. But I've been working with women for this, to like find their power within and awaken their power from the feminine. And a lot of like cultivating creative energy because Shakti is the creative energy. And there's something I wanted to say when you, that there's a song in Spanish that in English would translate like, times of leisure are necessary for creativity. So these like doing nothing times are actually fuel for our creativity and our personal projects or our companies or our jobs. So 100%. Yeah, so like if we're in the go mode all the time, then we get stuck and you know, you know how it becomes. So these retreats are a space for women to like, release, relax, but then also we do a lot of work. I also, one of the other things I'm working with is like helping women connect with their menstrual cycles. Another moment in life where you need to rest is when you're menstruating. And then we don't do that either. And then tapping into the different energies and qualities that awaken within us, within our cycle. And even if you're not having a constant menstrual cycle, there are ways to tap into these like energies and helps them a lot with like going back into their lives and putting this in practice. And, and that's been incredible. Like the, the feedback I've been getting from that has been wonderful. And we spent four days just connecting with other women that are looking for the same things in different ways. And now I, I've been doing some for moms. It's a different approach, but in the end, it's the same. It's just like finding that, that comfort and reclaiming our power because women that become mothers lose their power in another way and just like finding the way back to themselves is not so easy so it's a lot of that like going back to yourself and to your inner wisdom and just and you were telling me you, you know, work with somebody who kind of does journaling and you you go in it's right with some coaching yeah. too some of the retreats that I've been doing is with this friend of mine we've been friends forever we kind of like took different paths in life and then we've come together again. So that's been very beautiful. And she's a career coach for women, but she works a lot with like astrology and alignment. She basically helps you find like live with your passion, no? like what makes you happy? What do you want to do every day? And, and she does a lot of like limiting belief workshops, like how to get rid of the to identify them and then just transform them into non-limiting beliefs, you know, because these are all things we've been absorbing throughout our whole life. And yeah, these are very, very powerful 
powerful retreats we have been doing with a lot of feminine sacred wisdom that I've been learning a lot. So we do a lot of rituals and ceremonies that are also very special. I am about, I'll be giving birth late February, but I hope to get back on retreats ASAP. (laughs) I hope you do too, because I think the body of work that you're um, sharing is so beautiful. And I encourage everybody to check your website, check the online classes and offerings and the retreats and You know, thank you so much for doing this today. It's been a pleasure to host you. And we I can't wait to to see all the things that you're gonna keep creating. So thank you. No, thank you for having me. Also always very excited to talk to you and thank you for the opportunity to be in Shanti again. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome to be collaborating. That's the beauty of now working online is that we can connect with people all over the world and And I'm linking all the things we talk about on our show notes. Thank you, Aurora. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Aurora. So many great things that we talked about. I could have literally gone into it for hours more of conversations with her. I love this topic. I think it's so important for the planet and for all of us to pay attention to, to look into it, to feel, to see how that feels and resonates with you. If you love this episode, give us a great review that really support our show. Follow us, share this episode with someone you love who could enhance their lives. And I cannot wait to see you again, wherever you are in the world. Have a beautiful, blessed and amazing day. Sending you so much love.